0: ladies and gentlemen welcome back to this week's episode of action for everyone for this year march 3rd 2024 i am as always your host mike scott uh i am joined by vice victus vice how are you today
1: man oh I, it's already march this is crazy like right now it's where i'm at in new york it's uh 60 degrees which is crazy because, like last week it was like 40 or whatever yeah this, uh, this is going too fast I, i'm not i'm not ready to like i'm not ready to get my zone yet i was still in my like winter blues, like, like, uh, uh, hidden cave monk training. And now I like, got to go outside again soon. Uh, I'm not ready for this. But otherwise, I'm it, doing good.
0: <laughs> it dropped here yesterday. We got hit with a big storm, which for people listening, obviously, you know, we're going to talk about Dune. I did not make it out because we got hit with a big storm. It dropped 20 degrees in less oh, than shit. three hours yesterday. Oh, it shit. was like 55 <laughs> degrees at like noon. And by like two 30, it was like 28 degrees. It was, it was created, just this super fast moving storm started raining and within an hour the rain turned to snow and just dumped on us so i was like fuck it i'm not leaving the house clean clean cleaned, cleaned the house instead
1: um, it's one of those from god things right? <laughs> yeah, exactly yeah, exactly yeah.
0: and also joined by he is the queezak Hatterack, liam o'donnell liam how are you today
2: i'm great thank you guys uh it's good to be here on another a3 uh i'm sitting here still arguing with people on our discord as we do the show it <laughs> What are you arguing about? Oh, it's, it's Dune Weekend. We're the Dune goons out in force. Uh, you know, having fun.
0: All right. Fair enough. Join the A4E Discord, everybody. It's fun. <laughs> Liam, Liam. The only person that ever argues with anybody is Liam. So, you know, everybody <laughs> I mean, else just really gets is. along swimmingly and then Liam jumps in and just picks fights left and right. <laughs>
2: it's great. That's I love it. It's true. <laughs> it's a nice silo of, of the internet that uh, there's context for who I am.
0: Yeah, then, one fucking troll ruins everything. It is exactly like the yeah, internet.
2: Yeah, <laughs> exactly. But I'm the troll. Especially. Yeah, exactly.
0: <laughs> um, and we are also joined by a very special guest this week. He is the co-host of Film Blurds. He is also a freelance writer. Brandon Norwood. Brandon, how are you today?
3: Hi, I'm great. Thank you for having me on. It's an honor to be on this podcast. I listen to it a lot. Like You guys are pretty entertaining and know your action. So well, now, like, I feel like I gotta step it up.
1: No, 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 I don't know. Try. Like, 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 uh, like, Mike had said before the recording, You know, we were very chill. And and for people, for people listening, um, you know, um uh, Brandon. When I got back from the army, um, Brandon was one of the first journalists, the first people to like kind of reach out to me and just kind of touch base and just, you know kind of just say what's going on. And uh, you know, we had met several times over the years. Um, like when I was working in the Brooklyn Draft House, he was, you know, there. He's a, he was a constant um, presence there. So you know, every time a big sh- a big feature come out, we you know we be down in the lobby talking about you. This shit crazy, right? You know, what I mean? every now and then we get a chance to like actually go out to, go out somewhere and just to hang out and chill. So you know, first first of all, just thank you for you know, uh, as a, was like girl little song. Thank you for being a friend. Uh, and, uh, you know, <laughs> appreciate you know your um your companionship over the years and you know, your insight. You know the movies like you know it's really really, really cool. Have been, have been met you over the past years. I appreciate it. And and, and as always, and then here as, as I as I always say and always mean. Uh, we we always appreciate having real journalists on a, on our show. You know, it brings us credibility, brings us honor. You know, we're not just a bunch of like dumbasses talking. Like we we have um, this kind of big uh, pool, is this uh, this presence you know now. So, and each journalist who is a part of that makes it stronger. So, thank you for coming on the show.
3: Thank you for having me.
1: Yeah. Oh, and also I was gonna say, uh, you know, last week we uh, we had Valerie on. That was like the uh, last day of like History Month. This is uh this is the uh, extra innings of Black History One. Right. <laughs> so so is pretty <laughs> Um
0: Well, I don't see any reason. We don't really have any administrative stuff to talk about or any fun news. Uh, I mean I'm sure there's stuff, but I don't see any reason not to get into the main event. So uh who wants to lead us off? Brandon, why don't you lead us off? Tell us
3: what you thought about Dune 2. Um I look, I I let me take you back to the first Dune. I loved that uh the first Dune because to me, I didn't know anything about Dune. I ain't no shit. Like, all I knew is like Denny is adapting this novel, and this novel's been tried, and it's been said it's unadaptable. And I've been a fan of Denny for a minute, ever since Incendies. So, like when he said he's doing this, I was like, Oh bet. And I go to see this movie, the first one, and I'm just amazed by the scope and the scale of it. Uh, The story, I was just like, damn, Game of Thrones lifted a lot from this motherfucker. And uh, (laughs) uh, part two, part two somehow even bigger, like all the action and set pieces were basically saved for this one. And uh, I mean, I'll let somebody else get into it because like I got a lot to think about. I mean, Alec, you've been on Twitter like the discourse for this movie has been insane. I'm like, yo, media literacy is Dead, <laughs> like Yeah, yeah, you know, actually, yeah,
1: that's a big, yeah, that's a big the point. The big point of the media literacy in this case, literal literacy, because of course, you know, doing being an adaptation of this famous classic novel, and uh, in the novel itself has really, um, these really intricate and weighty really themes about colonialism, and like, um, it's a really big, like, allegory for like, uh, how world powers, um, manipulate and subjugate um, smaller powers for like a uh, material gain, like, you know, like a whole thing, like, uh, if people don't know by now? Uh, in Dune, the um, the main uh, the the I guess MacGuffin slash driving factor for the world, the the galactic domination, is something called the spice. The the spice is like a really super special magical chemical that um expands life, expands consciousness, and allows people to space travel in the far future. So you know, and it's like, like you know, it's pretty pretty overt, but still loose allegory like oil or whatever, or just general resources. You know, that's that's kind of the whole the kind of the, the driving force or the the mirror to our world. Water. So you know, all this like a uh, and the Herbert, Frank Herbert himself, like, uh, he uses a lot of um, a lot of real world uh, religious and uh, uh, cultural stuff. Like, a uh, the 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 feminine the, the people within the on the planet Dune, who are the you know the main uh, the people being subjugated by the, these royal emperor, imperial powers. They're very um, more or less based on the Arabic cultures of different kinds. Uh, a lot of the um, a lot of the phrases used in the the novel are like derivatives of are uh, oh, the derivatives of or like direct translations of Arabic phrases and, like, like Tadarak, and hadarak and then you know Maldi like all, the, all these names that you see in the, that become famous now in sci-fi ascon are indeed based on like you know actual real world um Arabic and and Eastern cultures so what I said that's actually because of that because of that pretty s- significant allegory over the and it's it's one of those stories that are like uh say Lawrence of Arabia, or Dance of the Wolves, you know, so it's, a, it's a very, uh, it's been scrutinized heavily um, in its analysis because, you know, is he using, like, these um orientalist tropes? Is he, like, um, um, uh, is he using this real world culture in, like, an authentic way? You know, there's a, lot of, there's a lot of real things to consider about it, but that's part of why it makes it so timeless and, and so important as, as a, a piece of media. It has all this, like, real shit going on. That 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 invites and warrants and needs to be like criticized about that. that that's part of the story it's telling. You know the dangers of like one of the dangers of like fanaticism. Um, all this, all this, stuff, all this re- really heavy shit. And so you know it warrants that kind of like deeper thought to it. Um, and us say you know like at the same time though, you're trying to make a movie. It's still you know you're trying to like if you trying to make that deep like and the book the book has several series to it. So it's like for several sequels, whatever or series of novels. So you try to make like this really like deep like ongoing text into a blockbuster. You're gonna you know and they inherently run into problems with that, how to how to do right. that. So that's where all the discourse comes in, like you know how how do they how do you uh, convey all that stuff? But uh, and or or I guess more the way the question is, can you convey all this like really heavy themes in in the form of a popcorn blockbuster? And uh, so you know and, and as as people are arguing that. Well, you know this is movies starting to so you know i guess maybe oh, the question answering yeah. itself but at the same time like we're saying you know like um i don't think it, i think it still warrants the, the the criticism and the analysis of it all but at the same time as like knowing that um uh, well not unlike uh when we talk about the uh, mcu for example like a uh, marvel comic movies like uh one of the problems i have with those is like um they are made to not be full movies but they replicate the comics so you gotta like understand that going to those those specific movies. So with this, is like, you know, you gotta understand, yes, there are this, these serious themes. and the director, you know, is, is he's no slouch. He does he does some like hard shit in his own in his own film category. But at the same time, you gotta like, for me at least, understand going to that it's still trying to be more than anything a blockbuster. So just a lot of the stuff that would be like the deeper weight of it that you would analyze in the book, you just kind of like it's not really possible for, for the most part. To like, fully get into all that stuff, but then you know, well, it's, two, it's just two movies, it's just about five hours in total. I mean, you know, the books take like thousands of pages, so like, it just you have to kind of just take for take take it as it is, knowing that it's trying to be a blockbuster entertainment. Um, while not like it's not about not about it's not, you know, like a that's not, not a movie about you know, French Algiers, you know, it's not like that. It's uh, it's trying to be a fun, like a fun, engaging Greek blockbuster with some themes about it, you know, with it has you know head and shoulders, but he has to kind of balance what he's trying to do. So all that said, you know, like, um, I, I like I overall, I appreciate its take on that, you know, really, uh, complex text. But at the same time though, I, really, I think that, you know, it's, it is like going for the Yeah, we're going like to have big ass explosions and then big ass spaceships and dudes with like space swords <laughs> you know, like I, I think that it's trying to do that too. So, you know, overall, I, I think that I think it's in the right. It's, I think it's headed in the right place. Um, so, so even with all this, the crazy discourse, you know, I think it, more, it it kind of did did it the best way it can, and you know, and now with these, these two movies now, you know, I think it was worth worth the effort. It had, it's a, a big achievement overall. So, yeah, I know, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I I'll jump in and say, um,
2: I'm not going to talk about the discourse. I'll just talk about the movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, I I really enjoyed uh, the first one. And I think it was it was interesting what Brandon said about how much other works have stolen from Dune because I mean obviously Star Wars is at the top of the list. Then you have Game of Thrones, and it's like it, it it is it is such kind of like a seminal text. It's sometimes and it's also his name is Frank you know Her- Herbert or whatever. So people kind of think he's like this French dude who's like writing about the <laughs> Middle East, but like it's a dude for in the '60s from Oregon who is uh, like you know eating mushrooms in his uh in, in, in his farm. And like you know, had the genius idea of like, what if mushrooms were oil? <laughs> sometimes you're like, does that is it going to really hold up for like you know, I don't know, eighty years later of of uh, of all of our our discourse and thought on the on the 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 worldwide um, you know discourse machine? I don't know. Uh, all I know is uh, you know, I think it, like like you guys were saying, it's such a impressively expansive. Uh, adaptation of the of this story and you know there was a lot of criticism in the first one about it feeling like half a movie and I think now that if you watch it all together yeah it is it is a it is a grand epic thing it's not too unlike the Lord of the Rings uh in the way that you know I think those ones ended very satisfyingly but you kind of want to sit down and watch them all together and I'd say that was my biggest regret um is that I didn't re-watch the first one because I felt like it was pretty fresh in my head and I'm a fan of Dune but there were still little things within this adaptation that I think I would have enjoyed even more in the second one if I had rewatched the first. Because I started watching it last night and I was like, "Oh shit!" They set up the knife fight, this thing here. They set up this here. They, ah, da! Ah. I should have watched it all as 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 kind of one. But uh, it was uh, it was sort of a last minute thing that I was able to make it to the theater. So I I really did enjoy. Um, you know, we got to got to shout out some some of the actors, but like. Austin Butler, I thought, the juice, the man has the juice. <laughs> uh, I really, really, G- Giddy Prime is like, is the uh, Harkonnen home planet in this one, which they, uh, I gotta read up on how they did, but they filmed apparently in infrared and kind of gave it this really otherworldly look. And I think it's like, it's a really good criticism for what I think we've talked about on some of these, um, like you were saying, like MCU movies or just big budget movies in general, like even the good ones, like uh, Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness, where it's like they go to this other multiverse, but it just looks like uh, Singapore. It was like, you know, <laughs> can, we, can we do something a little bit different? Or like, oh, we're we're in the quantum zone, but it's just like kind of you know off-brand um, Star Wars. You know, it's just it's just a desert, and you're like, okay. But like, so I, I it was it's always very cool when you see like you know guys like Denny or Ridley Scott or James Cameron when they have this massive amount of money and they really do make another world. You know, I you could criticize uh, my own movie because we had like, you know, $5, but it's just like, <laughs> we just had like a Canyon, you know, like I, I had all these other ideas that it just couldn't, couldn't actually make happen. But I, I do find, um you know, that, that, that real kind of uh charge when I get to see world building on the scale. That's why I still in some ways really like maybe even like the first one a little bit better just because of all, I think I think Denny's better at world building than like doing this big, huge action finale, which works, but it's not quite as like, as, as like a hundred percent in his wheelhouse. When you show up on a new world, when this guy sets it up, you're like, holy shit, that, that to me is what he's the best at. Right. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And yeah. Oh, it's, oh no, go ahead, go ahead.
3: Oh, I mean, Alec, I would like to go real quick to a tweet you put out. Cause I remember reading that and I was just like, where you said, uh, cultural appropriation right where a lot of people are getting mad that uh lady jessica is wearing all this middle eastern garb like the hijab and all that but like that's part of the story right is like them yeah. these white people assimilating into this indigenous culture and exploiting it for their ends right like that's yeah. basically the entire entirety apart too like that's what i like about the movies like this whole movie's pov's pretty much through chani and princess irulian and seeing it through chani's point of view she's like yo i want to trust these people but i can't you know what i mean because the first movie like i just i told michael before we started recording the first movie at the very beginning with the voiceover chani says like hey uh these people are our oppressors are leaving but who is going to be our next oppressors and the very next shot it's a hard cut to timmy you know what I'm saying? Like they seed it there right at the beginning of the first movie.
1: Yeah, yeah, and that's I think one of the things like um narrative is like um the it's kind of unusual. We, well, it's, well, people have said you know like um the way the books went out like there's like I guess like three, four, or five. I don't remember the exact number, but um the 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 arc of seeing Paul Atreides as as like kind of the the, the what he's doing is actually like a, it's, a, it's a it's a warning, it's a um, cautionary tale about the dangers of you know uh, fanaticism and, and uh, uh, an iconoclast an iconoclast guy coming to power and using it for his own hands. Because I guess the the big the big central well, kind of with the big um, not, not even reveal, but um, you know the, the the first book is famous for you know introducing this, sto- this world and story. But the kind of the um, central conceit that happens throughout the story is that um, he he reignites this like massive holy war uh, throughout the galaxy. And uh, they say that like, you know billions, like little billions of people are killed uh, in in his name once he gains gains gain power. That's kind of the overarching thing that that happens throughout the story, and that's that's the that's the um center of the um cautionary tale. But it, the way it's kind of set up is uh, and, oh, I guess uh, for for uh, disclosures that I haven't read the book at all, so like I don't know like the uh, details within it. But just in general, like uh, there's, you know, there's been there's been there actually have been several editions of uh, famously or infamously. There was the 1984 movie uh, Dune, starring uh, David Lynch. Although, and kind of famously, he uh, disowned it because he he, he didn't he hated the cut that was made with the edge of release. So it was a uh, you know it was one of the um, anonymous uh, Alan Smitey, um titles. But uh, which is you know, I, in that, I, you know like,
2: they, I like that cut too. Um, yeah,
1: yeah. yeah no.
2: I, I it, it it's ridiculous how much it it almost explains the beginning. It's <laughs> just yeah, yeah. funny to watch these movies now. Because uh, both both lynches like really go into explaining space travel. And you're like, yeah, we don't need to understand space travel. We get it. We like we, we see movies of space travel. Like we, we we understand you can move through space, but you're like, No, no, no. This big squid guy has to get one touch his brain <laughs> to the, the the plane of existence, and you're like, "Holy
1: shit, what the fuck is going on?" <laughs> I love that. Oh, well, you know, I guess maybe, maybe I guess. Um, I, I mean, of... they
0: they built an entire multi million dollar industry about that concept with Warhammer because that's how space that's how space travel basically works in 40k too. So, like, uh-huh. yeah, and, they, you know, they, it's
2: funny because I, I mentioned Skylines, but I actually had a whole scene. Where the characters of Z and uh, and Alexei explained how they did space travel, and I realized
1: people don't need to hear <laughs> it. <laughs> cut it out. Well, I, you you well, Liam, you mentioned like um, I guess I never thought of it that way, but it's appropriate so like that. What if oil mushrooms with oil and like um, the book is, does get pretty it has the space to get into the um metaphysical aspects of this universe. It's such it's a big thing, like the whole thing being that um. They don't use like computers or AI machines anymore. They use like their mind powers. Oh, the mentats. Yeah, they kind of, yeah. kind of didn't do much mentating in the second yeah. one. There and as part yeah, of like, do the, the yeah. spice. The, the spice allows this like expanding consciousness. That's kind of the whole point of it all. So The main thrust of it all. So like,
2: I actually really believe we should do the mentat thing. I would get rid of the AI. We need, we need to do yeah.
1: The, so. <laughs> to yeah. We the computers. We need core of Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> It's covering everything. It's <laughs> a yeah, yeah. yeah. but like, 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 yeah, like, so, like, I think I, actually, I enjoy the eighty-four the Dune, uh, Lynch's Dune, and I'm part of part of the reason why is because it, ha- it goes, because well, Lynch, as his career has grown, he's he's very much about that cerebral, like psychedelic kind of stuff, and so I like that. It was like it, it had the 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 touch the, the, for to go there to get all weird, like you know, the the sleeper's awake and all this like really weird imagery, and like it, it was like it stewed in that weird psychedelic psychedelia. Psyched- um, so I, I, I actually don't but like, it's a pretty
2: close adaptation, too. Like, the book has like those internal monologues for everybody in italics that he does in the movie. Yeah. Uh, so it's not like that would because that is kind of like if you go back now and watch that, that's like a modern thing that just seems insane that like every single character gets a voiceover. Um, oh, oh let me tell before. you,
0: I saw this. I saw Dune in the theaters in 19, uh, 1984, and it was fucking insane back then,
1: too. Like, that was, <laughs> that, was that, 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 that,
0: that, it doesn't matter what era, that was an insane choice. <laughs> yeah.
1: so, well, it, all i just say, like, um, it, it, uh, the decides to, like, kind of streamline that and just kind of show, show more than tell, more or less. Um, so, like, a lot of that, um, I, I call it brain magic. I don't know, I, I don't know what it's called. What do they call the book? The Reading Way, all this, like. They have different terms and, which by the way they didn't kind of do the weirding way. Yeah, yeah. Well, we can kind of go over the place, but yeah, that's part of the. I can't. We can't. Well, no, no, the the
2: weirding way from Lynch's, but there's like the weirding way from the book, which is more like the end fight from Chronicles of Riddick, and they didn't kind of do it. But anyway.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Well, yeah, I I guess kind of uh, unavoidable to the comparisons, but like um, that's part of the how why this movie works or doesn't work depending on your, your point of view. Didn't, uh, didn't kind of like avoids all that for the most part like there's still like um in of monologues and, and voiceovers but like uh he, he definitely kind of streams a stream it all like he, he like for, you know like you said he doesn't even explain he didn't explain the navigators or the spice like, picture at all it's just kind of like this is it this, this is what we're doing so it's more like um the action as it's, as it's happening is it's how you explain how the world is being explained to you and they keep it um you know definitely more of it a little bit well, not that it's not character focused, but um, they let the, this um, empirical revenge drama play out. So it plays it plays a little more like a Shakespearean tale than like this weird like, um, philosophical tale, which is you know, I think is I think works for like again that's a, that's a, always a great template for any kind of like epic blockbuster, you know, like, like a Star Wars or a Lion King or any kind of like Shakespearean template usually works for that kind of stuff. It works well the, the way the structure is. So yeah, so like I, I so I like I, I, I appreciated his choice to do that, even though I like the weird shit and like Lynch is doing more. Like I, I it, it works for this like more action focused like big, big 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 budget like explosion adventure thing. So I think that uh, to his credit, you know, like like you said, like he's not really like. I, well, don't, you think, has, don't you think? do Lynch's Dune is actually more action focused? I, I do. I think so too, actually. But yeah. like, just well, well. How do I say it? like
2: it's on? It's on fast forward. It's like it's a it's like a yeah, cool yeah. version of it. You know, yeah.
1: There's it, it, yeah. a lot of like parts about it, but like they just kind of happen. Whereas it's like, or as opposed to in here, specifically in Dune Two, Part Two, this one, there's like uh, there's like um somewhat extended battle sequences, like a whole like just one sequence of this one particular um engagement. They take a time with that one engagement. I,
0: I actually have to ask one quick question. If folks haven't figured out, we're gonna spoil the shit out of Dune oh. Two. You went oh, and saw you went and saw, yeah, you went and saw it this weekend already. Plus, it's based on a fucking fifty-year-old book. It's fine, <laughs> get over it. Um, does Paul blow shit up with his voice in this one?
2: Because oh.
0: I, I, it doesn't look like. No, that, I read the that, synopsis. That's Lynch's,
2: that's Lynch's uh, weirding way. The, the, yeah,
0: yeah, that's because that, I read the synopsis and it doesn't look like he blows shit up with his voice, which instantly makes it zero stars for me. <laughs> so... <laughs> My name is
2: a killing word. Is fucking pretty sick. I love that part. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, but, so in the book, if you watch like the sci-fi channel miniseries, which is yeah. pretty close to the book, they do the weirding way, which is sort of like fighting and fast forward. Like I said, the end of Chronicles of Riddick, like, you know, yeah. where um, the the Lord Marshall, uh, you know, Colm Fiori uh, can kind of slide through time and you have to see where he is. They kind of do that in the sci-fi miniseries version of it. In this, they just make people really good at fighting. Which one? but um, no. Speaking just, this, of the fight.
0: Because it go kind on, of also on. destroys the Fat Boy Slim song, right? Because <laughs> you know, the whole point of my voice, my voice is my weapon of choice. Like that, that's because Paul blows shit up with his voice. So anyway, yeah, zero stars. Don't even need to see the movie now. But there's, there's also
2: no uh, Patrick Stewart holding a pug while he goes oh, in the pug power. So <laughs> you, can't, you can't compete with that.
0: <laughs> all right, sorry, Brandon, go ahead.
3: No, it's all right. Uh, speaking of you know fights because we're you know we're talking about the fights for a little bit how did y'all feel about the chris fight before a chris knife fight between austin butler and timothy because that shit was hard to me
1: yeah but yeah I, I i really enjoy like the the way they do the knife fighting here um i i, I had to look at i'm sorry i should always for the um the choreographer of this but um but with this first this one in the um the first movie like um they they definitely like well somebody how do they describe it um because sword fighting is, like, the meta of this um, universe, like, uh, th- these characters, they have shield, like, personal shields. So, like, um, yeah. I guess the way it's supposed to work, like, uh, normal bullets don't really work as effectively. So to get around that, you have to, like, learn how to, like, sword fight so you can, like, penetrate the shield slowly. I guess, like, I guess that's how it works. So, like, everybody Slow has sword. Blade, is, the sword
2: penetrates the shield.
1: Exactly, yep. exactly. Yep. How, that's, how, that's, how, that's how this universe works with its action. Everybody, everybody has to a sword. So, <laughs> so which is, like, which is uh, I don't know, it's... It's awesome. It definitely makes um different from modern black that's, that's for sure. But yeah, I do like that they um, they took the time to like, have them do, like, they have their own styles of fighting. Like, you see, like, um, in the first film, when, when Paul is fighting the, the Fremen, um, that leader there, like, you see him kind of, like, adapting to their, like, uh, they're do- desert, desert, desert night fighting style, because he learned from uh, um, um, his Duncan, you know, um, Momoa, like, he's, like, more like, barbarian style. So, like, they kind of, like, they take the time to do those different Little nuances of the fighting really well. I really appreciated that. But yeah, also it's just like you know, it's really like slick. It's like um, and like you were saying, Liam, it's like action isn't really like Dennis Williams' forte per, per se. But he's able to capture those moments well enough that you you can get what's you know like you know like you know, you know what here. he
2: does really well is that he actually does really good drama within his fights, and and so and I think that's one of those things that maybe the action crowd uh, maybe undervalues. You know, like, it's all about choreo, it's all about design, but, like, there'll always be, like, a stop moment with close-ups on faces, and it's like, oh, shit, who's gonna live, who's gonna die? And I think he does that really well.
0: And I do also want to interject so that our listeners' heads don't explode, because Vice came woefully unprepared. Uh, The fight coordinator is the great uh, Roger Yuan, the the absolutely brilliant Roger Yuan. And and he
2: has the best fight in the movie which is yeah. he, he's in the uh the Austin Butler Giddy Prime sequence which I think is is kind of the best part of the movie to me I, I love that sequence and I thought yeah. it was pretty much a throwback to like Gladiator it, it feels like it, it feels like th- this big huge moment and, and it's a great fight and it has uh like like Brandon was saying sort of Game of Thrones political implications but on a budget that Game of Thrones could never do it's I don't know it, it's it's kind of like the the standout sequence of the movie to me
3: what do you guys think about the uh, harvester attack? Because I thought that was crazy with the action staging and that. How Paul had to worry about uh, the Harkonnen's on the ground, but also worry about, hey, I got to get Chani her fucking shit so she could fire the uh, ornithopter from the uh, sky. Like the shit kept shifting. I like that. Was that. Awesome. Yeah. Now,
2: you know, what, what were those things that blew up the harvester at the end with the laser beams? What? What? Oh, were I thought
3: they were just laser guns. Those shits. Were why did not
2: they just shoot that at the? Beach?
3: <laughs> you're right, you're
2: right. but i was like you're wait right. you know, what, what's that thing uh <laughs> it was awesome it was cool yeah yeah you know. yeah like, that's
1: one of the things that I, did, I think that's probably the standout for me was that that sequence um because um who's uh gareth edwards he's known you know he did like the rogue one and he did, and he did like uh, recently a creator like uh he's known for like being like a uh, having really kind of unique sense of like scale in his movies his soccer movies like uh he has like that few people can do but here, I thought kind of Denny was like par with that or even better because, well, it, it. I don't know. I have to. Just, hopefully, we'll see the um, behind-the-scenes stuff uh, as uh, the blue rays come out. But um, th- there's a very, the scale of like the um both the architecture and the vehicles. They look like they're really there. They like they look they're tangible. So I like whatever like special effects his his crew and the production design design team did. Like this is like some masterful stuff. Like it looks like it's a really. They, it looks so tangible, like um, yeah. When, really, he, just, when like, he's in a fucking... big
2: chunk for cover,
1: I'm yeah. like, that's yeah. in the that, right? It's
2: like it's a it's a part of the harvester that's moving, and he's running under it for cover. And yeah. like Brandon was saying, it's like the cause and effect of that action scene and the way that it builds is is very very satisfying. Yeah,
1: and then you kind of see yeah. that there's this there's really cool like a like, uh, really cool shot moment where like a uh, right after Chani um blows up the uh, the orange color kind of thing, he's as she's walking like walk not. It's like kind of a twist on the uh, walking away from the explosion. She's like, she's like walking towards Paul, like, you know, on the and on horizon. You see that, you see in the background, this giant, how got like smashed down and burst into flames, and it looks so fucking real. Like, wow, this is this is like this is a tight shot. I love, I love this shit. Like, yeah, I like that they they were able to give this um crazy stuff like this um tangible like depth and texture to it. You know, like it it feels like it's all oh, this is really there, even obviously it's not, but like it really felt like you know they built a giant fucking giant hundred foot truck to blow up, even. But yeah. Like, which is really hard, which is really hard to blow nowadays. We, with we things are so like we try to. I guess modern audiences are kind of trained to like look for the, the cracks in CGI, but here it's like, no, forget it. Just like, just go with it. He it, it's staged so well that you, you don't even bother trying to like find figure out how it's done or whatever. It's just it is there. Yeah, you, you
2: actually. It's so good that there's morons on Twitter that are like, it's all practical, and you're like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> sure, buddy, yeah, right, shit. Sure. <laughs>
3: I mean yeah. that shot he repeats again with uh, Josh Brolin, where the carry-all is blown out the sky, and even that seeing that again, I was like, "Dog, that that will never get old." To watch somebody in the foreground walk as some shit blows up in the background, yeah. that shit is awesome.
2: Yeah. Oh, I mean, <laughs> while we're talking about that stuff, that I mean, the opening is when when it's like course climb, and all of a sudden the dude yo, is blowing up the yo. sky of the mountain. That shit is awesome. I mean, <laughs> That's
1: like. Mean,
3: it gets sniped right in the helmet. I was like, oh shit, all right, we're really in it this time. Yeah. And Paul's hiding under the rock, like shit, I gotta get to that sword because this motherfucker's gonna find me and kill me. So,
2: oh, and, and I know we're bouncing all over the place, but um, this is a this is a pretty big spoiler. Um, Mike, so I don't know. I know you like spoilers, but when I rewatched part one last night, I got about halfway through the opening training scene with Gurney and Paul the way that it ends is exactly what he uses against uh fayad at the end so remember he yeah. goes and does and he looks down he goes that would have killed you my lord so he basically does what gurney did to him in the training scene for the end and i was like ah oh, i wish i had watched this all at once because <laughs> that, that makes it i think more satisfying than than perhaps in the
1: moment yeah yeah and it, i mean and, and it's kind of funny like when I, I don't know. Now we're just getting like to nerd, nerd, nerd minutia, like um because like the um because the meta is like knife fighting in this in this universe. I I, I would I always there's part in the movie Oh, Gedi Prime where he's like uh I guess oh like with the Gladiator Gladiator comparison the way that um um in in that movie um, Hulk Phoenix he's like a uh, he kind of cheats with the sword fights. He, you know he's there as the emperor fighting in fighting in the arena like but like it's all rigged. And they kind of do something like that in this movie, but then uh, um, during his like during the real battle, he's like, oh, you know, uh, 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 mask off, like he he turns off his shield, and like he has to fight raw. I love it. it. I love yeah. that. But, it, but I was just thinking, like, you know, I was, I was like, that's so cool that he's doing that. But then like, um, I, I was like, don't these like far future advanced humans have like I don't know more organs, or such like that? <laughs> like I, I was thinking in my head, like, uh, they just have like a I would. It's like, um, I guess I guess I guess the, the point of it all is like a, that point of that seems like he's being stripped down of everything, and you're seeing how like powerful he is just as a person. Like, he doesn't need all the, like fancy, like, he doesn't need the, like, the he doesn't need the um reading way or the fucking magic bullshit. He's just like, he just, he's just hard, yeah. like, that's all, you know, like, so he, 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 he didn't have to have the powers he's, of, he's, of he's a great
2: psychopath. I, I'm a real big fan of Austin Butler now. Yeah. Like, this is uh, I was kind of even talking to my wife, I'm like, how many people have like. Cause he, he's a little older than we all think. Uh, you know, he's like, he's early thirties and he kind of like, I don't know, it's just interesting his, his path over the last couple of years, kind of come up and, and, and suddenly be like, I, I guess my, my, if we'll talk about some of the criticism of the movie, it's um, I think, I think Chalamet is better in part one. Cause he's better suited for that. version Really,
0: really quick on Austin Butler, Liam. I just have to throw in there really quick. Uh, Brad Pitt's ruined him for me, unfortunately. Because every time I see him in a movie, all I can picture is Once Upon a Time in Hollywood when uh, when Brad Pitt goes, "Wait, I I know you. Where do I? You, you, what was your name?" And he's like, "I'm the devil, and I'm here." No, nah, it was way dumber than that. Like, <laughs> that's all I can think of every time I see him now. I mean, <laughs> so
3: thank Uncle Denzel. He worked with Uncle Denzel on a play, and that's Denzel was going around town being like, "Yo, this kid works hard. He's a great actor." Hmm. So again, thank you, Uncle Denzel.
2: And he's from, like, Orange <laughs> County. I don't know. It's, like, all, all the young great actors, like, I don't know. It's good to see, like, young Americans because for a while it just seemed like the Brits and Australians were were stealing all the jobs. <laughs> so I, I, I support it. Um, yeah, it's, like, uh, I guess, uh, yeah, I think Chalamet is so good at young, like, inexperienced soft boy Paul mm. in one. It's, like, he's good. He's good in two. There's no, no complaints. It's just not, like... Like Butler has more Riz and you're kind of like, I'm kind of more interested in what Butler's doing in the second half of the movie than, than Paul necessarily at times. Paul Mm -hmm. kind of like drifts out of the narrative a little bit in the second half, uh, as it starts jumping around to all of the machinations and the planet with, uh, the emperor and, uh, and, and obviously he goes into a coma. So there's all this kind of like a little bit of drift that I got in that part before it kind of all came back together. Uh, but yeah, um, the, the, I, the, I'd say my one other criticism, as this is an action podcast, is like, let's talk about one hit kill fights. They kind of just bug me. Uh, I'm not, I'm not into it. I'm not into it. You don't get Dave fucking Batista and, and Josh Brolin and set it up and it's a one hit kill. That that that, yeah. that bugs me.
1: Yeah, yeah, th- that's kind of what I was thinking about with the. Um the minutiae of how this, how the meta works, like, um, like, do, do they know like this, like, it, is it like a, um, not, I was going to say gun kata, but like it's kata, regular kata. Like, is there knife fighting so advanced in the future that like, they can do one hit, like, one hit, like, push one kills? Like, and clear to me like, like and it was a comparison. Like, so like in the, in the 84 movie, and I don't know if it's in the book or not, you know, with, with the whole, the sound, um, the sound guns, or whatever, like, uh, like the way it's set up is that, um, for all intents and purposes, every faction in this in this version Demi, version like um, format formally they're kind of the same like they all like they all can just like fight good with swords like like a- as opposed to in the 84 movie that you know paul has they have a secret with the atreides sequel up in the, s- the sound guns he has that plus the weirding way plus the feminine just being badass in general so all that kind of puts him over the top and whereas in this one in, in the first, in Doom Part One, you, they show the um, what the Sardokar? yeah, the the Emperor's Blaze, whatever. They're like fanatic, fanatical, like troops, you know, fanatical, like they have like, the cult, they have a cult mentality, but like they just like they're just like really good with swords, and that's kind of it. <laughs> and so you have the Feminine, they're also really good with knives. So then it's like, well, what's the real like? And then I, I guess I guess the uh the worms, yeah, exactly. lady. yeah, yeah, exactly, the worm with worms, and then also um. The traities, the traities nukes. Again, the allegory is coming full circle again here with the world powers and stuff. They had the nukes and the sandworms. worms. So I get that part, but like, yeah, I just I was I was like, I wanted to see them like do like the, the sound. Yeah, I wanted to see them do that. Yeah, they, they, they don't. So it's like, Vice, is it funny
2: to say I thought of you when they were riding the worms as like this will be a good gift for Vice to use when he's calling someone a dick rider? <laughs> <laughs>
1: Uh, can't wait. Uh, we got. Yeah, we well, no, Speaking of,
3: no. uh, oh, I'm sorry. Speaking of action and riding worms, what y'all think about that initial sequence when Paul first rides the worm, where he's like the first time he gets on one of those motherfuckers and rides it?
1: I like. I like that they made it like fast because, like, in the in, the, in the other movie, in the '84 movie, and I I've, I haven't seen all of the um, sci-fi series. so I don't know how to. I don't know how they did it that one, but in the '84 movie, it's like, like as it's well. Like, <laughs> oh. <laughs> you know they're like these big lumbering things that just kind of is there but here's like here in this version they're like they're not only they're like they're fast as fuck and like they actually use them like that's like their, their, their main transportation but like they're like worm buses <laughs> like like they're like worm bullet trains
3: that's <laughs> so like that like point that of view was, shot that they yeah. have where he first gets on it and you see all the sand coming at him i'm like oh. dog that's a hard-ass shot like, I would fly the fuck off, because I'd just be so disoriented.
1: <laughs> yeah, I like how they, they, show, they show them actually attuned with the worms. Like, you see them, like, doing the caravan, and they're all, like, oh, like, you know, like, like I a, guess a, a squad, a, a pack. Uh, what, what's <laughs> what's the uh, plural of, of worms? <laughs> they have, a whole, like, a whole squad of worms, and they brought them, like, like, like a convoy. That was so that was so cool, man. I like I, 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 that one.
2: I think they do a good job in these movies overall of, like... Capturing a certain sort of like fear, which obviously is a big theme to the novel and the story, but like like the death is very casual, and so it like it happens a lot, and it there. So I don't know. Even like the Benny Jesuit, I've always found them to be effectively kind of creepy. Uh, you yeah. know the, the way they use the voice and and, and until um, so it like the Gamjabar in the first one, and and even you know this one, which we haven't talked about Javier Bardem, who's probably maybe the MVP of this version. He's very, very funny and and engaging and kind of like, again, kind of like pushes the whole narrative forward. But he has a speech with Paul before that, and he's kind of saying like, you, you know, can die and and don't fuck around. Don't try to do too much. (laughs) And you're like, yeah, the death, the death is very real in these movies. It's not it doesn't feel safe. And so I I like that. And so, yeah, I thought that sequence was fantastic as well.
1: Yeah. Like, you know, like whenever whenever there's a Harkonnen. Yeah. You know what? Whenever there's a hard scene, someone just dies, like guaranteed. Like, do like, every Harkonnen scene Testing
2: <laughs> the blade thing that 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 fucked with me, and it's also like they don't even cut into a close up on it. It's mm-hmm. just like in a sort of medium wide where he slits this woman's throat and just like doesn't think second uh, another second about it, and the movie doesn't either. Something yeah. fucking just really chilling about that.
1: Yeah, like this is, this is them their presence means death. Is like it, they really capture that part like amongst themselves and amongst the uh, you know the faction and in then in, the, in the story like these are like these people are like they're like a plague and you know, they, they they get to get that really well um oh yeah, but, yeah this is reveal
2: uh oops the heroes are
1: herconians. <laughs> 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 but i actually a big spoiler. It, it, well uh, well i mean no, is that part of the book I, i'm not sure i haven't I, I yeah i'm have not
2: it. either yeah. i i looked it up because i didn't get I, I i i read like the first half of the book you know 15 years ago um mm. So, yeah, that that is, I guess, part of the book, and that. But that was a, uh, really like kind of hammered home the the darkness of the whole enterprise. Mm.
3: Yeah, that right. that was the turning point for me for Paul becoming like you know, uh, the emperor, the the evil emperor. Was like, oh, we're Harkonnens. Like, fuck it, let's just be Harkonnens then.
1: Mm. He he he, he should have said that. He's like, yeah, let's yeah, he, yeah he he like
3: yeah. <laughs> I mean, speaking of Stilgar, I mean, I, how do y'all feel about that character? Because like I said, I haven't read the book and watching this character like go through and just be a religious fanatic and really believe in Paul. It made me like conflicted. You know what I'm mm-hmm. saying? I didn't really yeah. know. Like Javier's is killing it. But like the character is Stilgar itself. I'm like, yo, this is also felt like a warning for me about religious fanaticism in general. Yeah.
1: It's interesting because, like, um, there's, there's a very... Uh, somebody somebody already mentioned this. It's not a real thought, but um the, the interplay between Chani, Paul, and Stilgar is very much reminiscent of, like, Matrix, you know, Neo, Trinity, Morpheus. And, of course, obviously, like, the Matrix obviously pulled from that the original story in the first place, so it probably makes sense that, it, that it's in line with that. But, yeah, in this case, yeah, with Stilgar, the way Javier, Javier plays it, it's like... um it, uh, He's all at once, like... It's, it's very strange how they do it. Like, uh he is this wise and stable um, person... But as soon as he like with each moment that he believes it or the prophecy he kind of like loses himself into it you know he loses that like whereas morpheus was always like he he knew he was the one but he was still like he still had the um the the calm and the uh re- re- reservedness of a general like he still has to like keep his shit together to to fight, the, right. to fight the the machines whereas um, Still go, he's like, oh shit, I, the, my, my Messiah has come. I'm, 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 all, I'm with it. Like, I'm gonna like, totally surrender myself to hit to to the Cuisatadorac, whatever. And he's like, yeah, it's it's a very strange. And I get, again, like, that's probably that most that does seem to be part of the point. Or even like the you know, even like the uh, most stalwart mind can be lost in this fanaticism. And you know, and it, then the the nuances of it, of it is that um. This is he is indeed, he does indeed have this power. He is indeed the um, the one or whatever. But, like, even then, as they say in the movie, as they explain it like this whole thing about the one is a made up story, too. And, like, uh, uh, it, it's, it's, an enge- it's an engineered prophecy, um, engineered story by the Benjamin. So, like, it's it's a very yeah. So, it's, it's I guess maybe that's my not criticism, but like, um, that's where I can see the 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 way the allegory is being made kind of can be uh picked apart. Because on the one hand, you have this false narrative that's being fed to these people, but on the other hand, he really is a thing. He he really uh, is the yeah, one.
2: Yeah, it, it it wants to have its cake and eat it too. I mean, that's yeah. just, I, I think that's a very valid criticism of, of the book too. I mean, even when what what uh, the author is saying about how this is like a criticism of messiahs, but like I'm also gonna make a dope ass messiah story. <laughs> it is the- I, I think that's part and parcel with with it all the way through, and I, I do think the changes of it make sense from the modern standpoint. Of you know, the biggest change I guess is Chani. Uh, you know, uh, Zendaya's character ha- has a lot more agency in this in this one, and 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 does not go along with becoming his concubine, which is <laughs> which is uh, more in the uh, the original story. She's like, I, I get it, I understand politics. You got to make alliances. Uh, she's not she's not down within this which makes a, a lot more sense it kind of changes where things could go in in the next movie a little bit um but yeah i i, I think i think it's that's why i was kind of like i like i'm not going to review the discourse that much because i mean i i think both sides and ultimately are kind of right like it is, it is, <laughs> there, there, it is a white savior story. It is kind of saying like, fuck yeah, this is cool, but it's also not like, you know, so I, I it's like, um, you know, I don't think anyone's wrong on either side, but, uh, you know, you can kind of take what, take what, what you want from it. And if you, if that is going to prevent you from enjoying the movie, then sure. That's, that's totally fair. Um, but it is sort of like, you know, it's, it's space game of Thrones at the same time. So like, how, yeah. How how serious do you have to take it? I don't know. Yeah.
1: And I guess that's, that's part of I guess that's part of the reason why the books continue on to like the next generation, you know, children of doing or whatever. Like they, they, they take that point that that point to its to its knowledgeable endpoint, whereas as he becomes this like crazy ass god emperor or whatever, like his kids are like, yo, this shit is crazy or whatever. Like like they, they it's it's kind of like understood that him being this crazy powerful dude is how it's how and why it's so dangerous. Whereas here's like, yeah, 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 the end of the movie is like, you know, uh, I guess the, uh, the, uh probably gonna be quoted now forever. Like, uh, at the end, Sugar so so asked him, what are we gonna do now with all these, uh, these, these like great houses or whatever? And Paul says, send them to paradise. And he means, yeah. murder them, murder them all.
3: Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, yeah. Like- that was, that was, that was cold bloody when he said that <laughs> shit. I was like, yo, I haven't heard some shit like that except to like in the Bible. When you read the <laughs> Bible he that, shit. I was like, God damn, bro.
1: But yeah, this speaks to that point where, like, you know, it's, it's kind of that having even too like he, it's very clear that's a bad thing. He's say, he's he's saying murder them all, murder the entire galaxy. But it's in the movie, in the in the moment, it's like yeah, it's like a fucking like. But a the, it's like, it's yeah. a
2: little less. It's a little less so in this movie than the the Lynch's one is just like it's it's all kind of a hundred percent framed as like a heroic victory.
1: Yeah, yeah. So
2: I I think I think that that criticism is is more valid for the 1980s version.
1: I and it, it, so. and yeah. again, because the Daya reacts to it like she like she goes off. She's like, "Fuck this!" Like that alone is like, okay, that that's if it wasn't clear before, we're watching it now, it's she's supposed she's meant to be the parody of no, this is all fucking crazy, and <laughs> i want to no part Bro, of it
3: right? And that's why I love the end, that one's part at the end where everybody kneels, everybody except for Princess Irulian and Anne Chani, the two people we saw this whole movie's eyes through, because they both give each other a look like, "Yo, what the fuck?" Like this shit is <laughs> fucked and you know whatever happens next ain't gonna be good well i'm, I'm excited for messiah because i don't I want to know whatever happens in messiah i know like yo this shit is it's gonna go off the rails
1: <laughs>
2: you know and there, there's another big change that um from the book in the lynch version is that they don't uh they don't have the daughter uh, of uh the duke and lady jessica alia is not born in this one she's kind of She's in a vision uh, that you see in the future, played by uh, uh, Vice's favorite uh, Anna Taylor Joy. <laughs> <laughs> and, um, and so there's some of those things, like you said, like when you're when you watch the Lynch version a bunch growing up, like I always would be like, my brother Baron, you know, the little <laughs> girl comes into the room and, and kills her Conan. So like, there's little things in your in your brain that you can't kind of erase. Like like, also stings. I will kill him. <laughs> and he keeps saying it over and over again. Um, but yeah, I and and I and I was I was kind of joking on the Discord that when I Aaliyah Park came up as I was like, oh that's what I stole for uh the Rose character in Beyond Skyline. Like I forgot yeah. I, I forgot I stole that from David Lynch's dude. No <laughs> Like, that's where it came from no wonder they didn't have her board they're like that doesn't work too fast
0: <laughs> played, <laughs> played by a very young alicia witt in 84 uh, the great alicia witt um, oh, yeah. but yeah also that's the the line i always quote is when she says he is the quiza cataract just <laughs> it's just such a great way to <laughs> um i am excited for not messiah i really hope that messiah is successful enough for them to make uh, children of dune aka i'm a fuck that worm <laughs> uh because if you know anything about children of dune it's it's literally uh I'm a fuck that worm so uh you know let's Whoa, I want to see that I want to see that on a uh on a 200 million dollar scale um yeah yeah so. so Michael
3: where do you think they should stop as far as the books go children you of think dune. they should do children uh, uh, yeah it it depends because so again I haven't read
0: all the books I' There's this really old Witt Stillman movie called Metropolitan that I love because it's got a character in it who says he doesn't read books. He reads book criticism because then he feels like he gets the book, but he can also like talk about it knowingly. That's me (laughs) in Wikipedia synopses. So understand I'm very much talking out of my ass here, but, but I cannot imagine a world in which they, even if they're successful enough to make children of Dune, that Warner Brothers lets them make God Emperor of Doom because that is a big fucking bummer all around. Um, You know, again, minor spoilers for the arc, and I won't go into details because I don't know them, but basically Paul's kid becomes a tyrant, becomes everything that you guys have been talking about that it looks like Paul's going to be he becomes just an absolute dictator. He's also the one that is like, I'm a fuck that worm. Uh, and so like it's, it goes in some directions. Let's just mm. put it that way. It goes in it, it, Liam's theory about what if mushrooms were oil as, as Frank Herbert's doing massive amounts of mushrooms, I think holds true for how the series goes. Um, so <laughs> yeah, shit gets downright biblical in terms of, yeah. So I would stop probably at, because Dune Messiah also kind of has a bit of a, I mean, they all sort of have bummer endings, but I would probably stop at Children <laughs> of Dune. I figure if if the sci-fi channel could make Children of Dune mm-hmm. uh, and make it in a way that it could air on the sci-fi channel, you can, you can, Denny can make a Children of Dune that would work.
2: It's I think, pretty good, too. I like the Children of Dune. I thought it was better than their Dune. I, yeah. I yeah. Well,
0: because they dropped fucking James McAvoy into it and, yeah. uh, and, and a young James McAvoy and you're still watching it going, Jesus Christ, this guy's a fucking movie star. Who the fuck no. is this guy? No. Um, you know, so, uh, yeah, so it, 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 yeah, yeah that's probably I'd stop at children of Dune. I, I, Dune fans will probably disagree with me and because, like God, love y'all. If you've read all the books, they're all. By the time you get to God Emperor, they're like a thousand pages long, and fuck Jeez. that. Uh, I don't. <laughs> no, I don't. I don't yeah. do that. Um. Yeah. So
1: anyway, yeah, uh, yeah, I want to. do, So uh, getting out of the uh, the main text of the movie for a minute, just uh, I'm kind of wondering, you no, know, because like pretty much as you as we're kind of inferring, and as Danny has said, if if this one is successful, he he probably has more ammunition and the go ahead to make uh. Messiah, the, the next two movie, and uh, it's, it's just um, I'm thinking about you know like we we mentioned the MC before like how it, well even this is not a um, new property it's you know it's a classic adaptation but it's not a comic movie you know it's like this is like a, a a mature big budget sci-fi blockbuster and it's making bank if people are responding to it so I'm 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 very I don't even know optimistic I'm just really curious I'm, I'm really um, anxious to see what happens and, like if other well. Is that is being successful, but also just like as we kind of we mentioned before in previous episodes, and then we see on the news like uh, the kind of the turmoil of the movie studios in general nowadays. Like WB, the like they were they were going to sell and they were not going to sell, and like the you know zazzlab and all the, the corporate leadership, like uh, nobody knows what they're doing. It seems like more or less. And so then, <clears throat> yeah. So like I just I I wonder if they do this more. Like, will other will there be other trends to follow suit again, or like? Uh, are they gonna try to go back to this stuff, or like uh or, or 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 is this only will will this only be the realm of a certain handful of, of masters, or like you know like a uh, we just had uh, Nolan, Albaheimer and stuff like, and Tenet. yeah yeah we like, uh, kind of related to this that um Tenant was re released in IMAX uh, this past week, kind of to like kind of juice up the uh, opening of Dune, like and uh, they they showed like a, a scene from Dune to uh, in the trail in the, uh, the opening before the uh, Tenet, um release. So like, yeah, I, I'm wondering, I, I'm kind of, I'm just very curious to see what happens in, in the near future or like um, who's gonna be the the, uh, the new modern, mature sci-fi blockbuster masters or just a blockbuster master in general, if, you know, like, because then he already has the blade, blade, uh, blade Runner on his belt. He has this now, um, so like, uh, and you know, I'll, Nolan pretty much likes, at this point, he has a his blank check. He can do whatever the fuck he wants next and they'll, they'll, they'll fund it. And then uh, even like, and to a lesser degree, I think, well, not lesser as as in quality, but lesser than like scope, uh like a uh, Jordan Peele. Like he's not really a well, he's not really a blacklisted guy per se, but like he's definitely sure that he can do that with like nope. Like he has like the the steel to do so. So yeah, it's probably gonna be like it's like a handful of people left now who have this in this new realm of these like uh, these masters that they, like who can who're gonna provide this stuff. Uh, and then because yeah, like, cause, like as we were saying, like uh, this like this comic book stuff is like it's kind of it's kind of one of his last legs. It feels like so I don't know whatever is coming next to like dominate the, dominate the theater is I hope it's at least on par with this stuff because you know this is like this is a good benchmark of how current or the movies in the near future like big budget stuff should be like they should be aiming for that at the very least this level of like scope and scale and you know like just like of scale honestly I mean I want
3: to jump in and say what uh piggyback off of what you just said Vice Uh bro The fact that uh, three years in a row now we gotten a new Jordan Peele movie shot in IMAX, right? Got a big scale for the story he's telling, which is a really intimate story about two siblings trying to run a business, right? (laughs) And how the Hollywood system keeps fucking them over. I mean, that gets more relatable as uh, the more we get on because, you know, you see what's going on with Paramount and WB. Yeah. Nolan puts out a 3-hour biopic shot on IMAX and it's one of the most epic fucking movies I've ever seen. <laughs> shit moves like the shit has like a pace of a fucking runaway freight train. It's crazy. And now <laughs> this Doom Part 2 where you're where it is like the scope and the scale it's just like, "Yeah, bro, it's like trust your artist, right? Just trust mm-hmm. your artist to make make dope shit." And like, "Yo, listen. I Alec, you know this about me. I love IMAX. Like, yo, let's start shooting more shit in IMAX. Like, yo, those screens are huge. And, like, w- to me, that's, like, the future of cinema is IMAX. It's like, yo, shoot mm-hmm. on IMAX, project it, because, like, yo, it took, like, three months for everybody to see Oppenheimer, right? Yeah. Dune's basically sold out for in IMAX for almost its entire run. Like, they're yeah. going to have to do, like, a re-release later this year. Like, now, yo, I-
1: like- not to mention, like, the top, top Gun Maverick, too. That was a big hit in IMAX as well. Like, Yeah, uh, yeah, that awesome. was another
3: one where I'm just like, yo, that was art, craft, and story there, bro. And, like, yo, look, the story might have been simple and well told, but, like, yo, it's a reason. Tropes, somebody told me this. They're like, yo, listen, tropes work for a reason. And when they're mm-hmm. done well, they hit. And trust me, like, yo, Top Gun Maverick, like, it could have ended after the Dark Star sequence at the beginning. And I would have been like, yo, this shit, fuck it. This shit's a masterpiece. You know what I'm saying? Like, yo, fuck it. <laughs> fucking that's like tenant like tenant that shit the opening in the opera house siege i'd be like yo if this was a short film and that's where it ended with him dying in the train yard i'm like yo that's probably the best short film i've ever fucking seen in my life because <laughs> it's beginning, Thank middle
2: and end up Tenet, which is as uh you know was re-released in imax and has been getting a nice re-evaluation on the timeline uh seeing people getting converted left and right to the tenant pill uh and it's, it's beautiful to see i unfortunately didn't see it when it came out and then when it came out i was like what the fuck are you guys talking about this movie rules <laughs> and I watched it like five times and uh yeah I, I think when you brought up oppenheimer um i mean that is really what nolan does i think but nolan's pacing is like it's so propulsive all the way back to the to memento it's like yes he's always been such a propulsive filmmaker and it's like there's always so much texture, and it's always driving forward, driving forward. That's what I love about his movies more than than anything. And it's what uh, seemingly so few people replicate. They try to replicate his other stuff. They try to replicate the whomp. <laughs> <It always laughs> <laughs>
1: oh, that reminds me, like in the the score, dude. Uh, it was kind of. there was kind of something I didn't like. I didn't like it too much, but you know, whatever. I just, I just, I, just, I don't like. I don't like big. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. I don't, I don't really like like big like, bombastic stuff like that too much. you know like I, I prefer like more like um. Well, I guess uh, to, to compare like uh, Mad Fury Road, it's bombastic, bombastic, but it's like uh, fast paced too. Or this one is just like you know, uh, I, I, I just personally don't like that kind of that style of score. But you know, again, it's it's going for the tone of this like grandiose epic thing so I'm trying to like rep- emulate that feeling so whatever That's yeah. Zimmer, I, mean, baby. I guess were you talk about with the
2: with the pacing and that stuff like the third act battle sequence kind of washed over me it didn't quite i didn't quite like go crazy for it i liked I, but i got back in on the fight like i don't know is that was is that is that a fair criticism or did like the worms coming in was awesome but then i kind of like I, I i i i don't quite
1: yeah, no, I, so I didn't get into a it, lot it, of the
2: rest of it that much.
1: Yeah, it did sort I of just get kind where of you're coming happen. from. Yeah, but well, actually, cause somebody just now, um, on yesterday, they posted a, a, a like a HD version of the um '84 battle where you see Paul and Fremen riding the worms. and it's kind of it's speaking of the score, like you know, it's it's them doing the yeah the sound guns, and you see the the um Charter car dying everywhere, you see the you know that it occurs with you know Ali and the Baron, and, you, and they, that 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 perfect. 80s guitar synth down tracker, like, yeah, yeah like yeah. that, like, yeah, that even, and that one, like, probably has the same, like, amount of time time frame. Of it felt a little short in this one, I thought, for how yeah, long, yeah, it this one kind of like,
2: like the, it was a little short,
1: yeah, this is just what kind of like happens, and it's like, okay, they, they've like they take over the uh, the emperor's guard so quickly, and I was like, and then, again, this is this is why I, the Newton Nermuths are like. If it was so easy, why couldn't you do this before? And you know, I get, I get, I understand why, but it's just like the way it's, the way it's presented it is like, all right, that kind of just happened. Oh shit. <laughs> like, like, like there like, yeah, was I like, I agree a, with
3: you. I agree with you. Cause the first movie, the whole like last 30 minutes is showing like, yo, they are slaughtering these motherfuckers and they're having a hard time trying to stay alive versus yeah. in this one. Like y'all say, they, they march in and that's that once they come in. Like,
1: yeah. You know, man. and I get, I, I get, like, I, I, I get the metaphor why, like, he is the one so he, he could do it but like yeah I, well it was I, like there were so many
2: more numbers that they had of of freeman that 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 they hadn't united so that was kind of that is set up in part one there's millions right. of people here there's much right. more right. Than, than the harconans think. so they overwhelm them but i kind of I like like just a little bit more like that that earlier set piece with the harvester i could have used like something like that in the battle like yeah considering yeah. it's a two hours and 40 minute movie
3: yeah, I would also but, like to see Paul like gather the various trick uh framing tribes like uh Jake did in Avatar. Like, that was the cool part is watching him go around and like, yo, let's let's all team up and kill these. Motherfuckers.
1: Did, oh my god, thank you for that. So, that's a good point you brought up because I, I mean, I've never heard somebody mention this. Like, some 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 dickhead was like, uh, doing is everything that uh, James Cameron wishes. Avatar was but first of all, either dick, second of all, like that. That's <laughs> what that, you did, just, you just brought up that's, that's what I. That's after seeing Avatar, what that did. I, I understand now why I felt like a little wanting in Dune because Cameron spends this, the entire time in his long, protracted battles. But the, fe- the phases of the battles have drama in them. You see that his, his, his kids get kidnapped again. You see PyCon poking out, you know, going to rage. You see um the knife at the end. Again, uh, again, a big ass fucking epic ended us like a personal knife fight.
2: Like, I don't want to pit beautiful women against each other. No, yeah, yeah. Let's, not, you know, let's, 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 like, no, nothing's, nothing's touching Cameron with action. For yeah, it. that's, a, yeah, like. fucking yeah, I, yeah. And also, you know, like, there's no point in Dune where I ever teared up in either movie, and I was a fucking mess at the end of Way of Water, so yeah. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yo, the
3: last hour of Way of Water is one of the hardest fucking things I've ever seen. Like, once that sea fortress shows up, it is on. I Like, yeah. that shit is amazing.
1: So that's that's what I mean. Like in comparison, like the reason I feel the Dune climax is wanting is, is because like compared to something like after seeing Water, seeing how Cameron can can convey a big uh, a giant scope battle that still has dramatic points to it. That's that's where I kind of
2: right. There, I, and there was guess, never a point where you felt like Paul was actually gonna lose or be in danger. So it was a it was a little like it was a little feeling of inevitable um in that in that last half hour. Uh but then the fight uh, you know, kind of brought that back. That's why I said yes. I likes liked the end knife fight better than the battle. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It's fair because they spend a lot more time on it.
3: And the headbutts were brutal, bro. Like I didn't, <laughs> I didn't know they were going to do that shit to each other. I was like, God damn, y'all.
2: <laughs> the, uh, But that was sort of the, uh, like you said, someone comparing those movies together. And then and, and I also see, some of our mutuals who are our big Rebel Moon fans, seemingly mad at Dune <laughs> for some reason. I'm, I'm pretty sure Zach Snyder <laughs> and James Cameron and, and all these guys like enjoy watching the big sci-fi movies. Like they they essentially you don't make Rebel Moon unless you're not a fan of Dune. You know you don't make Avatar if you're not a fan of Dune. Like I'm pretty you don't have to fight for these uh, guys' honor. They're all very rich, successful men. Everything watch all Movies and enjoy it. Yeah.
3: Yeah. Yeah man like I saw I read a review where somebody said uh the arena sequence uh was something straight out of a Zack Snyder movie I'm like dude fuck you bro like yo Zack Snyder is not the beginning and end of stylistic action you know what I'm saying like
1: come Ooh, on man That's a bar idea. that's I'm, a bar yeah <laughs> hey, We know who's that that too. I
2: remember I remember the timeline going crazy from that and and uh and now seeing the movie afterwards it's such a dick line it's such an ignorant line it's like on 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 multiple uh, levels, That's so like just don't listen to that guy when it comes to action filmmaking. He doesn't know what he's talking. Do you know who I'm
3: talking about?
0: Yes.
2: Anyway, it? but yeah,
3: so
0: I, yeah, I guess um, yeah, check... I, we're going on all, uh, an hour and fifteen minutes on Dune. I think I think <laughs> I think we've probably we've probably hammered Dune.
1: <laughs> um, <laughs> I, yeah, well, I guess I'll just say that you know, if my closing that um, I re- really appreciate you know I, I appreciate the big I appreciate I always will appreciate big. Large scale, big budget blocks and stuff like even you know, like we said before, a like, creator that shit sucked, but like that as far as just that visually, like as as a as a frame of art, a framework fra- framework to make a blockbuster, that's that's a, that's a high bar. And this is like you, know, this is like has it all, it has the drama, it has the acting, it has the, the 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 narrative thrust to it, and it looks it looks like dope. Yeah, so you're doing like yeah, and again, like I said, um, is this is definitely one of the movies where I don't want to like discount the um deeper cultural or or like real world allegory to it because that's important that's that's in the DNA of the fucking book so like of the story so like I don't like I don't want I want to be dismissive of it but at the same time like you know just uh my my point of view is like um I I understand that some of that stuff has to be um excised to work as a blockbuster so you know that's just that's just what it it is what it is but, you know, so you know it's not above criticism, but like you know, just that's, that's just that's just where it's coming from. So, so with the, all that, I still recommend you know checking this out. You know, see if you haven't seen the first one, you know definitely check out one out, too. And all right, like like we were saying, you know it might work better as a as a uh, combine. You know, seeing both at one time whenever that whenever that becomes available on you know, Blu Ray or whatever. Uh, but, but still definitely see it now too. Just uh, it, if if you got uh, if you have an IMAX near you, yeah, this, that's the way to go with this kind of shit. Cause it's like it, it it definitely warrants the, the the scale of it all. Warrants a big ass screen like that. See, so, yeah, this this is dope. Well, um, men men. I,
3: I'll give I'll give my final thoughts, which is like, yo, this movie has flaws, like every movie has flaws, but I loved it, and uh, I'll be real with you, I wish more, I wish we could get more artists to make blockbusters, you know what I'm saying? Like, yo, just give them the resources, and like, yo, we get dope shit like this, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, look. Uh, I'm, I'm excited to see where like Messiah is going to get made. Cause like I saw how much it made this weekend. I'm like, Oh y'all, y'all, y'all good. Y'all good. And this shit is sold out for weeks on end. So like we yeah. y- y'all good. Uh, I'm excited to see where Messiah goes, especially knowing like, yo, this dude is not a good guy. So like, let's see, let's see what's going down next as somebody who hasn't read the book. You know, mm-hmm. this is extremely my shit. If you know me, you know, like, yo, this type of shit is my shit. Like I grew up on blockbusters and it's cool that we get to, marry art and entertainment together you know what i'm saying yeah
0: liam any final thoughts
2: uh yeah no i i think i agree with with what you guys are saying and that it's also like you know if you look at uh denny's career it's been like a slow steady build up to this i think that works really well and uh and yeah i i i understand uh in some cases that like Wanting um, not necessarily being all in on the prestige approach to genre, but um, I think this is a, this is actually one of those those really good versions. And even if it's not for you uh, as an energy or, or aesthetic, uh, the craftsmanship is uh, undeniable. So I think it's worth seeing, even if you're not a Denny guy. Um, uh, I think I think there's there's things to be gleaned from it from a filmmaking perspective, uh, no matter where you're coming from.
0: I uh, I have one Denny tangentially related thing I just want to bring up. And I just, I just thought of it while we were talking about this because everybody's been talking about how great this movie looks and Greg Frazier is the cinematographer. And that got me thinking about other Denny cinematographers and what the fuck has happened to Bradford young. Like this yes. dude. Yes. shoots Selma. He shoots a rival. He then gets sucked into the morass that is solo a Star Wars story. And is that is like fucking cinematographer jail a thing? Because the <laughs> only thing he's been doing since then is short films. <coughs> he has not shot a full movie since solo a Star Wars movie. Really? Like,
3: yeah. Yeah. So- I think Star Wars broke him, man, because he did that Rage Against the Machines short, uh, Killing in Thy Name, which is an incredible short on YouTube. Uh, But, yeah, I think Solo broke him, bro. Uh,
0: Yeah, I I have no idea because I'm like, I loved him. And I I listened to a couple podcasts that he was a guest on right around the time Solo was coming out. But a lot of it, because Solo wasn't out yet, a lot of it was talking about Arrival and working with Denny. And he just sounded like a good fucking dude. And really, like, I didn't love the way Solo ended up working, but, you know, ended up looking. But I don't... that movie was just a. I actually kind of enjoy the movie, but there's no dispute that the making of that movie was a fucking catastrophic <laughs> disaster. So mm-hmm. I don't really blame anything on anybody in that movie other it's than very like
2: brown a, and a little too dim and dark movie. Um, right, right. Like lots of different shades of brown, which, uh, which <laughs> is kind
0: <laughs> which is kind of Bradford Young's specialty. But right. on Arrival, it looks gorgeous. It it's it, fits mm-hmm. that and and so i again i don't blame him but i just i was just looking at it i'm like what is it like is if there's any cinematographers listening is cinematographer jail a fucking thing is <laughs> radford young in cinematographer jail if he is can we fucking free him because he <laughs> needs to be working um mm-hmm. anyway all right that's all that's all i had i just i just i was fascinated by that when i looked him up and i was just like what the fuck um
2: real quick
3: question
0: he must
2: be doing commercials he must be directing commercials that's going to be my my guess a lot of the cinematographers actually direct commercials and they get paid a shit ton that's what i'm going to guess gotcha gotcha
3: real quick question do you guys think uh since this is like star wars for adults do you guys think anybody at lucasfilm is like watching this movie and being like yo like we gotta step this shit the fuck up like we can't have dune out outshining us we're star wars
0: no because dune's never gonna outshine Star Wars. I mean, I mean, this is everybody's excited about how much money this movie opened with, and it's still probably going to end up tapping out at less than Rise of Skywalker.
1: Mm-hmm. I mean, I mean,
0: I mean, all all Disney ever, ha- all Disney has to do is is put out one halfway decent Star Wars movie and and it'll it'll leave this in the dust like everybody likes to think and this is coming from the resident Star Wars guy on the podcast. Everybody is always saying Star Wars is dead. Disney's ruined this. Disney's ruined that. All of this sort
3: of stuff, and it never fucking happens.
0: It'll no, and, just... and like like
2: Andor is kind of the the do yeah. now.
3: Right, right. But that's why I'm saying like you would think like maybe the movies they would like you know hey let's step it up for the movies because like you, like Andor
0: you Andor think is they like would want
2: to make Star amazing. Wars amazing. You are correct, but they don't. Yeah,
0: <laughs> <laughs> but but also it's kind of like what are you going to step it up? Where are you going to step it up to? Like, like, like where, where is, where is Dune any better than, yes, there are not great star Wars movies, but where is Dune any better than the best of the star Wars movies? So there's really nowhere for them to step it up to. Uh,
3: Let's start doing the outer rim. There's a whole outer rim crime, like the outer rim. We could do. Sure. You want to talk about like
0: narrative stuff and play interesting places they can go, but in terms of talking about, yeah. In terms of quality of filmmaking, you know, it's, it's kind of sixes. Uh, so yeah, anyway, there's my little defense of, of star Wars and everybody <laughs> always, everybody's everybody's, uh, belief that, uh, you know, rumors of star Wars demise are, are greatly exaggerated <laughs> and they always. will be.
2: They need the um, God emperor of star Wars, Lucas to come back. Come back! <laughs> back! Something really weird um,
3: I mean, Benny and Nolan said they would make a star Wars movie and I'm like, all right, we'll hire one of them.
1: <laughs> it's like a Star Wars
3: movie, man. Yeah,
1: oh, yeah. yeah.
3: Well, they, yeah. I mean, anyway.
1: uh well, I, I think was fun, there was something no, we but, were
2: kind of talking about last week, and we can move on in a second. But it, it's a little bit what Brandon's been bringing up the whole time is that, like, I don't know, like the the the, the executives and, and everyone are they've been so trying to like gamify filmmaking to like like hedge their bets and limit risk, and it doesn't really matter. The risk is there no matter what, and so you might as well make interesting stuff and yeah. go. Uh, I mean get rid so, of the ring.
0: Yeah, Denny Denny's career is a perfect example, right? Like, I again I haven't seen Dune 2, but I saw Dune 1. I liked it. I thought it was very good, but I thought it for me didn't come close to Blade Runner 2049, which was a massive fucking bomb pre pandemic. Yes. It doesn't even get the pandemic bump like Dune did. Like mm-hmm. and in in technically. Craftsmanship-wise, there's no difference between those movies. They are both epic sci-fi movies directed by Denny Villeneuve. So why did 2049 bomb and why did Dune succeed? I, I mean, there's a couple of reasons, but you're right, Liam. Everybody thinks that there's some... All the studios think that there's some magical algorithm that they can use, that if it's got X, Y, and Z, movie's going to be a hit. Three-hour, heady sci-fi movie that looks gorgeous... Well, both movies check the boxes, Blade Runner bombs, Dunes a hit, we get a sequel that's an even bigger hit. It's all fucking, yeah, it's, there's, you can't gamify it. You just no. have to take the risk. <laughs> yeah. and do you got to shit.
2: You gotta be a showman or a showwoman, and you got to have some guts, and you got to go with it, yeah. and that's it.
0: Yeah, yeah, I agree. Absolutely, I agree. Speaking of going with guts and being showman. You know, you know, you know what movie studio has mastered the carny art of showmanship? Oh, <laughs> Jesus! <laughs> the asylum. The asylum has mastered <laughs> carny mentality like nobody else. Uh, you all are familiar with the asylum. They are they they made their bread and butter making what they call mockbusters, where they would see that some blockbuster was coming out, they'd make w- uh, a movie very quickly that was. IP different just enough that they didn't get sued. So Transformers becomes Transmorphers, you know, all of that stuff. <laughs> um and uh and they would they would kick these out. They also are the ones that made their bread and butter on the sci-fi channel making all the like Mega Shark versus uh, Ultra Octopus type movies and shit like that, right? Here's the thing about the Asylum though. About one out of every 10 of their movies actually kind of fucking rules. And 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 every once in a while they put one out because they operate kind of like the way Roger Corman used to. For those who don't know, Roger Corman, back in the days of like New World Pictures and and earlier, literally would make anything. If you came to Roger Corman, you needed to have basically two things. You needed to have a good poster concept and you needed to have a good elevator pitch. And if you had those things, Roger would basically say, great, here's a million dollars. Here's five hundred thousand dollars. Go make your movie. And you wouldn't have any money, but he would let you go make your movie. The asylum kind of operates the same way. You can just make a movie and it's going to have a porn level budget, but you can still make a movie, which brings us to Snow White and the Seven Samurai, Uh, which, as you guys know, listening every week on Voodoo, I go through and I scroll through the VODs and I look at what's coming out. And obviously, if I hit a movie that's called Snow White and the Seven Samurai, I'm fucking stopping and paying 12 bucks for it, Uh, which I did not even really realizing it was an asylum movie until after i bought it but directed by a guy named michael sue uh it basically is close to snow white the the plot is our, our main character is a a businessman's daughter named anya her father is played by Eric Roberts, and he is he is the head of a a criminal organization that's part of what's called the Four Pillars, uh, which is basically this unified criminal organization between four families that runs all of the city, the undisclosed unnamed city. Vice, you looked like you were about to say something.
1: No, I, Eric Roberts. Of course it's Eric Roberts. Of like... course it's Eric Roberts.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Eric Roberts is married to a much younger woman who is Anya's stepmother. And uh, she's named Quinn. And Quinn is very manipulative. And ultimately what ends up happening is Eric Roberts gets assassinated. His will leaves the company to Anya. And so Quinn tries to have Anya killed by Rampage Jackson. Um, who's basically the huntsman in this. That's that's basically the role that he's playing. <clears throat> and Anya is rescued by seven extremely hot samurai uh, <laughs> who are a member of a group called the Onomusha, not to be confused with the Onomusha video games. <laughs> and their numbers used to be strong, but in their battles with the four pillars, they have slowly but surely been wiped out. So now there's only the seven remaining. And they agree to train Anya so that she can get revenge for her father and and destroy the Four Pillars and much kung fu fighting and sword swinging and shooting ensues. Um, this does not suck. I, I cannot lie. This movie does not suck. Like it is not. Look, it's still an asylum movie. It, it's basically shot in the producer's mansion at a warehouse. That's really <laughs> the only two locations.
1: Wait, wait. I just. I, I got. I just. I love that. The. Cruiser mansion that he got from this this uh series of just series of of trash cashins? <laughs> yeah. Yep, yep.
0: It's a real nice mansion too. It's really nice. Um, and but but it's actually got pretty solid fight choreography. Now it's 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 that old school kind of low budget fight choreography where it's really slow, but it still looks good. The moves look good. Um, the acting is. We've seen worse for sure. (laughs) We've
1: seen worse.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean, the girl
0: that plays Quinn, the evil stepmother, is really good. She really tears into the role. Rampage, I don't know what, I don't know what, what Jeep or car Rampage was thinking about buying, but he's there's there's none of none of his charm in it. But the seven samurai are really good. Um, and, and so, yeah, I actually, and it's 87 minutes in and out with like a almost, you know, 10 minute credit sequence. So it's, it's, it's one of those where it's actually like 77 minutes to watch the movie. It's, it's over before you know it. It's breezy. It's one of those things when I posted it on Twitter that I bought it, um, there were a lot of people in my mentions who you know frankie like bought it too i felt bad because frankie's like hibachi just has never steered me wrong i'm gonna buy this i'm like dude i haven't watched the fucking movie yet like hold on (laughs) but it turned out that frankie enjoyed the hell out of it too and our friend echo uh bought it and enjoyed the hell out of it as well like it's but there were a lot of people who scoffed because of course it's an asylum movie and stuff but what I was really thinking as I was watching it was if this was made in 19, this exact same quality movie made in 1991 and put out by PM entertainment, starring Yalal Marie and Cynthia Rothrock, people would now fucking vinegar syndrome would be putting out a $50 Blu-ray of it. Like, like it's, it's not a hidden gem, but it fits right into that early nineties straight to video churn them out kind of action movies and and i i had fun with it i watched it super late last night it was like one in the morning i was i was cleaning my office and uh and uh watching it at like one in the morning and uh, i enjoyed myself it was it was a good time so I can't necessarily say it's worth the $12 that I paid for it, but it's an asylum movie. So it's going to be on Tubi in about seven minutes. So, uh, (laughs) so, you know, check it out when it hits Tubi and, uh, you know, and this actually got a a small theatrical release this weekend too. So that means the asylum actually thinks that they have a little more here than their usual asylum fare. Um,
1: Uh, You heard heard it first. Actually, everyone says, Fuck, Dune to watch uh, Snow White and the Seven Samurai in theaters. And you know, next. I I was sitting there <laughs> as
0: I as I was watching it last night, thinking about how much happier I was watching Snow White and the Seven Samurai than I would have been if I had slept out to a theater to watch Dude. Not that I not that I'm not excited to see Dude, but I just as Matt Esser, he said uh, on on Twitter, he said, "I'm about that life, and they love me for it because I will <laughs> always pick." I am the person Liam talks about when he's like, "Jesus Christ, you guys are always talking up like the worst bullshit ever," and then you <laughs> shit on a movie like, "Dude, yes, yes, that is me—the well, the
2: trash humpers of our Discord." <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> but, I, I,
0: I own that. I own that. That yeah, is that is what I do.
2: Just humping this trash all day, and then they're like, "Ah, this immaculately made fucking big budget thing sucks." And I'm like, I, I, I get it. always I get it. I, I, because there's some movies like we've talked about where the prestige approach to something that should be trashy can, can ultimately be a turnoff. I get it, but it's, it's just- also,
0: there's also a little bit of it. Like doom, doom doesn't need my help. Exactly. I'm. As far as I know, I'm the only person yesterday that was tweeting about Snow White and the Seven Samurai, <laughs> maybe in the world, because I'm not even sure the fucking asylum was tweeting about Snow White and the Seven Samurai.
2: So like, <laughs> they already make an eight, the, the part eight. <laughs> yeah.
0: So, so, you know, that's, that's, I've always been that way of kind of like, I, I'll champion the trash because the, the big budget stuff doesn't need my help. Um. Fair. So. Anyway, but uh, yeah, but so I, I do, I do give it a, I give it a recommendation. It's not a strong recommendation, but it's a good time. Um, So, you know, it, it, it made, made my, my night last night to watch it. So, uh, <laughs> you know, there we go. All right. That's my, that's my excitement for the week. Uh, Boys, should we start wrapping up here?
1: Sure. Yeah. All right. Um, I'll just once again, Brandon, thank you so much for uh, your insight and being on the show. We hope to have you back again soon. I uh, uh, want we'll, you know what we'll, we'll come on. Or just come hang out. We have we have kind of like a rolling, rolling uh, uh guest house. I guess you could say.
3: yo I want to give a shout out then to some upcoming movies because th- this is action for everyone, and these are some action movies. I hope that like yo, if these disappoint, I'm gonna cry. Like Godzilla and Kong, I'm rooting for you. <laughs> Civil War looks hard as fuck. Every mm-hmm. time I see that trailer in the theater, there's that one line Jesse Plummin says that everybody just stops and freezes, like "Yo, oh shit!" Uh, Furiosa, like George Miller is like eighty out here still fucking making dope ass Mad Max movies. I hope that rules. And, yo, Planet of the Apes, please, goddamn, deliver. That's all <laughs> I gotta say. Those four, just give uh, me those.
1: Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. We, we had a pretty people were like uh, after doing doesn't come in. No, it's a there's some hits coming down. Oh, well essentially yeah. there's a
0: fire coming yeah shit yeah brandon you're definitely welcome back to we vice is right we kind of have a, a little situation where like sometimes you will get a text at like Saturday night or 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 even Sunday morning, and just just being like, "Hey, if you're free, jump on and shoot the shit with us." Um, right. So we'll add you. We'll add you to that list. You're never obligated in that situation to jump on. It's never, but we kind of do have like a little rotating group of people that are just like, "Fuck it, I'm not doing anything. I'll jump on and, and talk with the boys." Well, we would so- like to
3: have all you guys on the on the podcast. Like, we'll do. We'll figure out a movie coming up, but I know. When it eventually comes out, we doing a crossover episode. Oh, Hell yeah. Mar- Let's do it. The Mahershala Blade. Yep. Yep. Whenever that- <laughs> Let's do it. Whenever that comes in
0: 2029 when Mahershala yeah, right? <laughs> is 67 years old. Uh, yes. Um. <clears throat> all right. Brandon, where can people find you online if they want to check out film blurs and follow you? Where can they find your stuff?
3: So Film Blurds, we have the Instagram and Twitter. You can follow us there at Film Blurds. And for me, you can find me out on Twitter at BJN Tweets. You know, I'm I'm around. I, like if y'all looking to argue though, I don't do that shit. I'm more of a discussion guy. Like everybody has their own viewpoints. I'm too old to be sitting online arguing with with random people. I don't give a fuck. <laughs> 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 <laughs>
2: Uh yeah, Brandon, it was it was fantastic to meet you. And uh like like everyone said, I I loved your energy. Uh it was it was a lot of fun to, to bounce off of you.
3: Yeah, yeah, it was yeah. cool meeting you, Michael and Liam. It's you all like you guys were really down to earth, and it's cool just talking to people who love movies, man. I mean, that's why we're all here. Like we love fucking movies.
1: Yo, I was gonna say uh it's funny. If you come up, you come in my government name. And I was like, You got no movement to come in there. You can't you can't with my government name, but you know me, know me. So that's that's how you know. <laughs> Man is a top tier person individual. We don't even call
0: him Alec.
1: Like, like it feels so
0: weird for me to call him. Like, I can't I can't do it.
1: Like
2: I still picture Alec Gillis from ADI every time I hear the Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. I, I can't I, right. just, I I can't do it. It would I mean just... you, you are prestige personnel here at A4E. <laughs> That's too
3: and much also, pressure, I, bro. I'm just a dude, I'm just
2: a <laughs> black dude just chilling. You know I, always,
0: I always I always Cringe, for people listening, if you don't know, Vice, when he pops up on Zoom, because he uses Zoom for business too, it says Alec, it doesn't say Vice, and so when we have guests on, they will call him Alec and I always cringe like it'd be fucking people like Kenji Tanagaki and I'm like you don't know him well enough to call him Alec <laughs> alright that motherfucker is vice to you Kenji that is vice what about that, right? <laughs> I, like, like like Chad Michael Collins is the only one that I was it didn't bother me because it's just Chad Michael Collins I'm like of course he's gonna call him Alec it's fine <laughs> so, um, but it was
1: cool to have like you know Faye Burhart call me vice Like, I was like yeah, yeah I got the power <laughs> <laughs>
0: Speaking of vice, <laughs> where can people find you?
1: Oh shit. So yeah, I'm um I'll be on Instagram. Um doing oh yeah. Uh, oh, by the way, yo shit it was crazy. So I told you last week about my, my Karate adventures. I started doing oh, karate, yeah. right? You went viral. Yeah, yeah that shit was wild, man. I got like a like four hundred thousand likes or whatever, or like all these weird like uh all these like high level um or high follower uh, uh good news accounts reposting it. Shit it was crazy. Got a bunch of DMs, like, oh I got a bunch of you know, messages from, sincerely from people like, you know, thank you for sharing your journey. Uh, I had a similar situation. You know, I'm a, either older or I'm an older person who was doing this like new thing. I, people like doing like piano lessons, guitar lessons, or karate or jiu and they're older with the young people. They were like, you know, thank you for sharing. So, yo, yeah, I for, sincerely thank you, everybody, for support, you know, sharing your stories.
0: I was just going to say this is this is what tells you how fucking shitty stupid ass Twitter that we spend our time on is. You get 20,000 likes on a Twitter and that's like that's like a hit tweet. And then you roll over to Instagram or TikTok and it's like 4.5 million, you know, like like 400,000 likes, whatever. It's it's like the numbers are just not even close. It's absolutely yeah. just like and- Elon's not even playing in the same fucking <laughs> not only is he not playing in the same playground, he's not even in the same park. He's like in the <laughs> park on the west side of the valley. Where yeah, yeah, like not even close. Yeah, yeah, anyway,
1: so, like, Yeah, I got so many people like young, young and old like give me props. So thank you for that. And um, yeah, actually it's, it's, it's like, I said mean, I'm, I'm just yeah, like, the government thing Cause like uh, I get a little a little nervous now because like people like writing on my face now. Like uh, so I don't want to like you know, start stalking you, whatever. Because it was funny because um, my next in my class this week on Wednesday when I went back to the Dojo for the first time since that, 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 uh, tweetslash Instagram post. The first thing the, uh, my, she, the instructor says when I come in, he's like, You went viral. <laughs> he, he's just like, Oh, yeah, he's, just, he's a character himself too. He's like, a, he's like a 70 year old indie man who looks, who looks 50, Like he's like, he's like, he's, he's, he's master or all about him. He's a really cool dude. Um, but yeah, I just, yeah, got a lot of support for that. So thank you for that. Um, so I'm gonna post my, my continued Friday journey probably, uh, you know, on Instagram at by Fictus. Um oh you did the, the part in, the, in Dune where they um they do the uh, sand walking, like you get like you gotta step like like uh step in and out awkwardly to like to avoid the sandworms. I was watching that I was like that's what he wants me to do. He wants me to like move to front stance without moving my foot. They make, they make it look so easy. Anyway, it's just uh, I am I'm, I'm, I'm trying to like see everything in, in karate now. It's really weird. Or see karate you know, and everything.
3: So Alec, what you're saying is Sand walk, uh, sandworm walkin is just like fighting because that means I could fight when I'm on an edible because that's how I walk when I'm on an edible is on the
1: sandworm shit. Yeah, pretty much. You got the sleeper's awakening. You open your mind. Yeah, pretty much how it works.
3: See my now I'm about to go open my third eye and start practicing. You see me when we go on our oxtail bang bang tour. That's what I'm gonna show you. Is like yo, these are the moves I learned the last time I was on an edible, bro. And watch mm-hmm. me fall on my ass.
1: Are hey, you read, read, to, the, read to, the, uh, to the dojo? Oh, yeah. See, I'm like, anyway, i am play Instagram. Oh. Oh, oh, yeah. Liam,
0: Liam over there walking without rhythm so he doesn't attract the worm. <laughs> uh, yeah. Where can people find you, <laughs> bud?
2: I was going to give a quick shout out. I know we're, we're trying to wrap up to uh, our aggregator of the show, Brad Curran, who listens to every episode and then writes up articles about whatever Skyline Warpath thing we talk about. Uh, so I feel like if he's listened this long, I have to give him just a little bit of something. Um, and, and, and this is also a little bit of just a, a, a good good motivation because I'm, I'm doing about a reel a week right now. I just finished reel three. So we had like the first two weeks we're getting situated with my editor and then finished real three. And I've had this same experience every single uh week where I'm so depressed <laughs> on the first day about oh, this I fucked everything up. And about Wednesday, I start to feel like maybe uh, there there's hope. And then Friday I watch it back and I'm like, oh, this is pretty good now. And I feel like it and then uh like I finished Reel Three and um my composer, Skylines composer, uh Ramcat came on and he did some temp stuff for real one. So I hadn't seen real one in about two or three weeks and I watched it back. And I was like, Oh fuck. I remember I was super depressed three weeks ago about this and now I really like it. And it's just, you know, this is kind of just the creative process and it's just a little bit of a, of a good reminder to everybody out there writing who wakes up the next day and reads what you did the day before. And you think it sucks. It's like, you just have to keep going. And uh, <laughs> and so uh, it, it is it is all editing and all and, and writing and all that stuff just about, you know, through the process of repetition, getting rid of the parts that you don't like and refining and refining and refining. And, and it, it is so uh, uh, I feel like the, the 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 fun thing about getting older and, and growing and continuing to do these things as a craft is like getting um, faster, quicker and realizing like, the, the killing the babies sort of right away instead of being like, well, I'll hold that till I, I'm done with my director's cut instead of just being like, no, we only need it. Like trying to get as close to the finished product as soon as possible. Now, it's still a process. You still need to refine things. Things seem, look, uh, there, there's even a part uh, when when you're editing where you just go, I, I just need a break from this because I've seen it too many times and I'm, I'm seeing his foot not match in those two places and it's going to bum me out. And then when you watch it again, you're like, yeah, no one's going to notice that. So you know, again, it's just sort of a little bit of a motivational thing of uh, of, of just kind of getting up every day and doing the work, and uh, and, and hopefully by the end of the week you're happy with the reel.
3: Nice. Now we, I'm, I'm going to catch up on Skyline. Now I only seen the first one, but now I got to watch them all.
2: But I we'll like watch, the first one. When you watch Part Two, think about Dune with the uh, with this little girl who grows really fast. But you got to go back to Lynch's Dune. Anyway, you might know, <laughs> get it now. Because people are just like, what the fuck? It was sort of a, a creative fix to uh some financial and uh and uh, or and and sort of like only way to get the movie made was to lose a character, and so which happens a lot on these indie movies. It's like, why didn't they bring this person back? Why didn't they do that? And it's like there's just only so many pieces of the pie, and we're over in Indonesia, we're not flying everybody over here, yeah. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> right, all right, um
0: and did, did did I miss it? Did you say where people can find you online?
2: Uh, the a free Discord, uh, trolling everybody um, in Instagram and Twitter or X whatever. Liam Odin.
1: Oh, sorry I... I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Mike. I forgot one thing. I don't. I don't keep delaying us, but uh, you definitely got to join these Discord because um, our our community manager, unofficially, officially, uh Max uh, ODC Spartan. Um, yesterday I got that new game, uh, Hell Divis Two. That was like the kind of like a like a Starship Troopers kind of like a riff of like you know s- s- space marines versus aliens. So yeah, uh, Max he set up a, a a game a Twitch stream. So we had a bunch of guys, uh, a bunch of people, um, you know, within the AF community, um, just log in and we uh, went on a mission like shooting bugs up. It was it was dope, man. Yeah, so definitely you, you definitely gotta be on the Discord. Like that's where it's at. Like even I keep saying it, but I always forget. No, it's, that's where it's at. That's yeah. This is this this is a place to be. Yeah.
0: Definitely join the A4E discord. Also another uh, couple things really quick. I do want to also shout out Brad Curran uh, because he's been a great supporter of the show going all the way back to like the very first episode I did for those who listen. If you go back and listen to the Adkins undisputed archives, you will see that Brad gets cited quite a bit in my introductions. He, he and Mike Fury were sort of the two writers that I built my research introductions around. Um, so love you, Brad. He also is, uh, he's still writing for Kung Fu kingdom, but he's not writing for screen rant anymore. So if you've got any freelance work, you want to throw his way, you will not regret it. He's quick, he's efficient and he, he writes words. Good. Uh, so, uh, definitely, definitely hook Brad up. Uh, Max Deering is now as of next week, going to be our co-producer and new editor. He and I are going to work together for the next month, to get uh, a streamlined editing process down and then he's going to take over and do the editing and i will dance a jig like bruce willis at the end of last boy scout i'll be so <laughs> fucking happy um and so uh you know be on the lookout for that uh you can find me at hibachi justice on twitter and letterbox you can find the show at a4e podcast slash or linktree slash a4e podcast you're listening to us so you, know you can find us anywhere podcast can be found boys love you let's do this again next week peace cheers